What's going on, people? I'm Renee Canales. And I'm Carlos Cortez. Thanks for listening. This is the first official episode of the 5050 Ball Podcast. Welcome. Yes, indeed. Welcome. This is a a huge moment for us, uh, being the fact that, as I said, this is our first official one. We're putting this out there. This is going out to whatever platform you can really think of. Uh, so that's that's how we're going about that. But um, thanks for joining us. We're extremely excited about this. Uh, and and here we go. This is all about soccer. Nothing else. MLS, EPL. Uh, Can't forget about the Bundesliga. I was going to forget about it. La, La Liga, Liga, Bundesliga, uh, International League Soccer League One, uh, City A. You know, whatever you, whatever league you can really think of. That's where we're gonna go with this. Uh, we're gonna bring up topics, uh, you know, that we deem uh, important at that time. Uh, whatever you can think of, that's where we're gonna go with this. And hopefully, you know, you know, with with your help, with the listeners' help, we can actually get this moving upwards. Uh, and, spread the word, and, spread the love. The yeah. point of this is for everybody to gain a little bit more knowledge of the sport. Uh, we think it's important for people to get involved, especially the youth. Uh, we want the sport to grow. We want you to become affiliates of whatever team you you want to, um, and we hope that we can inspire you, or you know at least help you get to uh, the same level of care for the sport as we have. We grew up playing the sport. We grew up watching the sport, obviously, which is why we love it the way that we do, and which is why we talk about it the way that we do now. Uh, but you know, as we got older, we started really sort of analyzing the game and breaking down the game and, yeah. you know, looking at the X's and O's whenever we could to sort of help us understand exactly how the game works. So, you know, that that's what we're hoping we could do for you guys, sort of get you interested in, in, in the sport of soccer and what it really, really means to us and to everybody else who, who makes it the, the best sport in the world, the best sport to watch. So Yeah, we definitely have some, some uh, over-the-top resumes, you know, Made it all the way to JV soccer freshman year in high school, you know? Yeah, I wouldn't go to that extent. Wasn't a starter or anything, but I was on the team. I, I never made it that far. <laughs> I only stuck to travel soccer. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that's you know that, that's a little bit about us. But now we're actually going to get you into the uh, program itself. The 50-50 Ball Podcast, this is something that you know we've been working on for a little bit. And we're hoping to, to get it upwards. So what we're going to do now is we're going to introduce the topics that we're going to talk about today. Uh, we're going to touch on a little bit about the United States women's national team, the United States men's national team. Um, and uh, in, in terms of that, we're going to just go in the route of we're both going to pick one player each and who we think is going to be that, break, that, that, that breakthrough player, that star that's going to take over and make themselves, you know, shine more than the rest. Yeah, in for 2020, uh, then we'll touch on a little bit on uh, MLS and some of the things that are going on. And European soccer, uh, we'll we'll also discuss some of the standout American players that are playing overseas. Uh, we'll go a little into detail um, as far as like rumors and confirmed transfers and what we feel, uh, what impact those players will have on their new teams. But of course, you know, obviously time permitting, this is just a little over an hour. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to try to get that in there. If we don't get that in there, you can find us every single week. That's for sure. Uh, well, at least that's the hope, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, you can find us w- uh, weekly. We're going to put these out there. So whatever we don't get to today, don't worry. We're going to get to it later on. Plenty of time. Plenty of time. Absolutely. So, Carlos Cortez, let's start it off this way. National team. 
it is a new year, 2020. Uh, the national team, you know, with their January camp actually just started not too long ago. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing that we should talk about real quick is the fact that they actually introduced a new general manager. Yeah. And his name is Brian McBride. You guys might know him if you do listen, if you do watch soccer, if you've been a fan of the soccer, uh, of soccer. Uh, since an early age, Brian McBride is actually somebody who played for the United States men's national team. He actually captained them for a little bit. Uh, he played for Columbus. He played abroad in Europe uh, for a number of years. Uh, he, he's been a captain of whatever team he's actually been a part of. So yeah. uh, he does have a resume. For those in, of you that don't of know him, he's definitely a, a forefather in uh, having players play overseas in Europe. Um, I remember when he uh, was playing for Columbus, he got transferred over. I, I actually didn't know he, he had like a short loan at Everton, I believe. And uh, I think it was, I think he's somebody to look up to. I think the energy that he brings to the table is going to be uh, good as well. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. For those of you who don't know how that works, he'll, he'll be involved in uh, actually sitting in players' homes and trying to get them to come play for our national team. And, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see who he can uh, bring to the to to the men's national team. Uh, so let's just give a little bit of a background on Brian McBride's career, uh, starting off in you know in the early '90s when his career uh, you know really got going with the St. Louis Billikens. From '90 to '93, he went to the Milwaukee Rampage in '94. He was actually at Wolfsburg in the German league from '94 to '95. 18 appearances there, only two goals. And then where he really got the bulk of his, you know, his playing time and and his and his fame within the United States uh, soccer uh, community, he played at the Columbus Crew from '96 over to 2003, 161 appearances, 62 goals. Then he got loaned out to Preston North End over in uh, in England, only nine appearances, one goal. And like you brought up, Carlos, he did have a loan spell at Everton, eight appearances, four goals. And then, if you're really talking about his European career. Where it really took off was Fulham. Fulham. Uh, from 2004 to 2008, 140 appearances, 33 goals. Um, and then he made his way back stateside, played with the uh, Chicago Fire for two years to you know finish out his, his American professional soccer career. From 2008 to 2010, 59 appearances, 18 goals. And he finished off everything at Wembley. Uh, he didn't really have an appearance, but uh, I guess you can say he finished his career in the United States, in MLS. Uh, he played for the, for the United States national team from 1993 to 2006, 95 appearances, 30 goals. Um, obviously, one of the best players in terms of just stature and, and what he's meant to this, to this uh, soccer community when it comes to the United States. He's one of the, he's one of the best ones to come through it. Yeah. Um, I mean, w- with his hiring at general manager that makes uh, – Ernie Stewart, the sporting director, uh, he'll take. Uh, do you understand how the sporting director role, role works? To be honest, it's 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 weird. It's but very complicated because yeah. it never existed prior. No, to it. no, this is something that just got yeah you know brought upon now. Uh, but the, I'm guessing the sporting director just oversees both the men's both the men's national team and women's national team. Yeah. Uh, let's not forget the United the, the women's national team has a uh, Margraf. Um, in charge of there, I, I, I believe she's just a general appointed. manager. She was just appointed, right? Not too long and ago. Yeah, not to, oh, last year, but last yeah, year. yeah, but same thing. Not too long ago. Uh, so she's gonna have the same sort of duties that Brian McBride 
Yeah, and I, I think they have time. a good relationship. I think they'll accomplish a lot. Um, I think in in terms of players that they can bring, the sky's the limit. I think I think this is big because sim- just simply because um, what this is going to do for them for the national team is, as he said, because he you know there was a video put out, a video put out by the United States men's national team Instagram uh, Instagram page. Uh, if you want to, if you guys want to go check that out, it, it's pretty much him saying. You know, I, I'm here now. I'm I'm the one that's going to be in charge of establishing a relationship with your with your club that you're yeah. at now, and you know, establishing other relationships and hopefully bringing in players. Hopefully, you know, when we have you know, the, when we have to call somebody up, we already have that relationship where they'll release you guys over yeah. to us in a sense. So that's what Brian McBride is really going to be doing. Is just as you said before, establishing the relationship, getting on good terms with with your with your home club. In efforts to make your releases that much better, and if there are American other American products there on that team or any other teams around the world, he's going to be in charge of trying to get them over to play for the United States men's national team. If they are dual citizens, you know, sort of just what we've seen with this movement lately, where we've seen German American players, yeah. uh, Mexican American, Salvadorian American, Colombian American, whatever, is, whatever it is, yeah, we've seen a, a a bigger movement in that sense. So he's gonna try and and be that guy to lead you over to the United States in yeah. terms of uh, uh, international soccer. So that's what Brian McBride is really going to be here for. Uh, Ernie Stewart is gonna be his boss, and Ernie Stewart is gonna be in charge of everything else. So everything obviously has to go through. Ernie Stewart, but Brian McBride, I believe, is also going to have some say in in coaching. Yeah, I think that was the biggest question: is if you're going to stick with Bearhalter, he is a direct reflection of your tenure as a, as a GM. Um, I think, like you said, establishing that relationship with the teams will be important. Um, we'll 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 see what happens. We'll see what he can accomplish throughout the year. Um, it's still early. It's only January. We're only two weeks into the year. Not much is going to happen in this time. Um, but going going back to establishing those relationships with the team, if you look at the camp um, that they're currently in, it was mostly made up of MLS players. I think there was, what, two, three players that were non-MLS players. And even so, if you look at um, players that could have potentially been called up, Atlanta United didn't release three of their players that probably could have been well, either starters or coming off the bench for the national team. The, the the reason why I believe that that happened is because, um, you know, I believe they're playing in the Champions League, in the CONCACAF Champions League, so their training camp is starting a lot earlier. I, I, I've, re- I've read a couple things that um, it was due to the, the injury to Robinson last year, Miles Robinson, um, when he, w- he wasn't able to go back to Atlanta and help them in the MLS playoffs, it's because he got hurt during the, the yeah. national team yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, friendlies um so starting off this year they'll, they'll start off the year with an international friendly on february 1st against costa rica this game will be in a dignity health sports park in carson california beautiful park by the um, way i've never been but I, i'd love to go thank you for rubbing it in my face well, i actually went when was it last time i went to california it was last year well, maybe thank you ago, thank you whatever. again for rubbing it in uh yeah manchester um, united ac milan international champions cup it was fun it was nice to see well, if if we're looking at the if we're looking at who was called up, I think we can get a general idea of who's going to start. I think there are some flexibilities at fullback, um, but I, I think for the main the main t- uh, starting eleven, I think we can make out based on the the roster. Um, who do you see starting at at, uh, at keep? Um, I, I 
I see Bill Hamid either getting a, a rep in or maybe uh, Sean Johnson. No, it'll probably be Bill Hamid. Yeah? Bill Hamid has always been that number two guy. If it's not Brad Guzon that's there, right? Yeah. Bill Hamid has always been that guy that they sort of fall back on just in case, if you know, if he's not there. Um, Zach Steffen's obviously not going to be an option. Yeah. So, it, it, like you said, it'll be, be between Bill Hamid or Sean Johnson. I think they're going to go with Bill Hamid. Just because I, he has yeah, given him more in terms of in terms of national team play, Sean Johnson would, would, would wouldn't be a bad decision either. Yeah, Sean Johnson is a hell of a goalie, and um, but you know we'll see what happens. But I, in my opinion, Bill Hamid is probably going to be the guy. What do you think? Same, same. I, I definitely went with Bill Hamid. I think that that's who's going to be the starter. Um, we look at some of the the defensive uh, players back four. I, I expect to see Aaron Long, Walker Zimmerman starting at. Uh, center back, Reggie Cannon obviously getting that starting position as a right back. And then as a left back, honestly, I that's guess... That's the I, one position that's up for... Yeah, debate, honestly, it depends on how they're performing in, in the camp. Um, how about, uh, uh, really quickly, well, how do you feel about Nick Lima being left off the roster? Uh, there's no known injuries, at least not to my knowledge, anything I could find. Um, do you think that maybe he should have got the call up? Did, was his performance towards the end of the season something that may have affected it? He he took a little bit of a step back at the end of the season with San Jose. Yeah. Um, who's to say what it, whether it was injuries or not? But I, I think that has something to contri- that contributed with it. But it's also about bringing in the people who you feel gives you the best option okay. to win. Maybe. Burhalter and his coaching staff don't think Lima is there yet. Yeah. You got it? So they're probably giving him the chance to develop. He is still young. Yeah. He is a raw talent. So you can't really force him down people's throats. You have to wait for him to develop to the point where you can begin to count on him, which is why a lot of players in the you know during their careers were thought of as that person, as that player that they can count on, but they never developed. You know what I'm saying? Like, for instance, somebody, uh, a person's name who's been thrown around a lot lately in the last few days, Freddie Adu. Freddie Adu was always looked as that player, that that prodigal son. Yeah. You know, the way Pulisic is looked at now. Yeah. That was Freddie Adu years ago. But Freddie Adu never actually developed into that player. Yeah. So what happened to him? Freddie Adu went off the wayside. Nobody really heard from him much after that. Yeah, or took a chance on him. Exactly. You got what I'm saying? So, like, he went from D.C. and he got loaned out other places. He ended up in Philadelphia for a little bit, and then his career has curtailed the other way. Okay. So that's how I look at it. Doesn't mean he's not going to end up with the national team at some point because you got to remember, you have the Olympic qualifiers coming up. So that's probably somewhere where he's going to end up with the U23s playing at the at the Olympics if they do get to that point they're they're in a tough group so they're going to need some good players over there yeah uh you got the the World Cup qualifiers coming up uh in a little bit as well so y- you got to think of it that way which is where having all these players from the different leagues and 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 people that you can call up which is it, it, which is why it's sort of good in that sense mm-hmm it's not always great the fact that there's so much turnover, but the fact that you have different tournaments happening sort of at the same time, it's good to have. So if Lima ends up with the, with the Olympic team that goes over to the Olympics in a few years, it's going to be good. Yeah. It's not going to be a bad thing. So okay. he might get his chance there. You, you just never know. You can't really jump on them for not bringing him in. Okay. 
Um, then we got some other staples. I, I would consider them staples. And uh, Christian Roldan, Sebastian Yeget. Uh, and then what'd you say? Legit. There sorry. You there you go. Sorry, I, I am terrible at pronunciations. You. Will, That's what I'm here for. You will find this about me to be hilarious, and it's not that funny. All right. It, it's actually hilarious. Um, so Sebastian Legit. Brian Capo, Kyle, sorry, Brian Kayo and Brandon Cervania. I actually saw Brandon Cervania in the U twenty World Cup. That that kid has is explosive. There 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 were a few that they that they could have brought up from the U twenties that played in that World Cup. Yeah, few, like what was it a year ago? Last year. Well, they're probably also saving them because, uh, like I said, they're, they're probably there saving is them the, for that. I understand. Like I that said, portion. there is the Olympic qualifiers as well. They're so. trying to fill up that roster, yes. so I, I understand that as well. So um, then okay. obviously we got Zardis, Jordan Morris, Ariola, Jonathan Lewis, Jesus Ferreira, Ulysses Lanes. Um, any any names stands out to you that you think will have a, a stellar stellar camp? Well, the, the, where I was going to go with that was I was actually going to ask you sort of the same question, like out of that group of players, because if you really if you really look at it, fifty percent of those players, or maybe sixty percent of those players, are actually going to be the, the you know. The, the guys that are actually sticking with. Yeah, the driving force. Yes. Of the so I was going to ask you, because we do have that sort of topic, who do you think is going to be that breakout player for the 2020 season, for the 2020 year? Mm-hmm. Which one of those players, who we know are stalwarts for the United States men's national team, who is going to be that guy? Or is he not on the roster there? My guy is actually on this roster. I think Jordan Morris is going to be the standout player uh of the men's national team. I think he's very important to look out for. Uh, I think he uh, his injury, was it two, three years ago, took a, a lot away from what he could two have years done. Ago, yeah. um, and I think this past season he proved that he's was a very successful MLS uh, Cup uh, with a successful playoff run, successful season. I think he definitely showed what he can do. Uh, I'm, I, I'm excited to see what he can accomplish I don't disagree this year. With that. I don't disagree with that one bit. I like Jordan Morris, and I and I like the way his career is headed right now, especially after the season the season that he had with with the Seattle Sounders and helping them get to an MLS Cup title. Yeah, I think that his the sky is the limit for Jordan Morris right now. Mm-hmm. My guy's actually not on the roster right now. Okay, and who is that? Tyler Adams. I think Tyler, he has gotten back into the Red Bull Leipzig formation lineup. Mm-hmm. He has played in a few games since since he came back from the injury. Yeah. So in his first game back, he's actually uh, he was actually really really man good. of the match. Yeah. So I mean, he's another he's another player, man, that you can really say that you really could sit down and say this kid is gonna be awesome, awesome. It's just to wait and see if he does, you know, get back into 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 form, fitness wise, physically, mentally, for everything that it takes to be on a national team. You hope that he gets there, which he probably will. They're pro- they didn't pro- they probably didn't call him up here in January because of the fact that he is still coming off of that injury. Yeah. He hasn't played in as many games as they would like him to, but coming down the line once the international dates roll around, he- you'll see him on those rosters. And I'm telling you, man, this kid has something on his shoulders to prove. Yeah. He has been on the sideline for 6, 7, 8 months already. 8 months, yeah. So he has something to prove. I think Tyler Adams is going to be that guy. But I don't disagree with your Jordan Morris uh analysis. I don't think that's that's a bad pick at all. People probably would have gone with the surefire pick, Christian Pulisic, but he's hurt too now, yeah. so you don't know where he's going to go down uh, in terms of recovery-wise. But, yeah, Jordan Morris for you, Tyler Adams for me. Yeah, and uh, and uh, just to go a little bit 
uh, off topic to talk about Tyler Adams. I mean, uh, with with Leipzig, Red Bull Leipzig in the uh, Bundesliga, Tyler becomes a regular starter. Not that he wasn't before his injury. He actually was. Who? Tyler Adams. I know I'm saying not that he wasn't before his injury, but I think it's tough to come to be out eight months, come to a team that's in uh, that's be, having a successful run in the Bundesliga and just automatically be, be placed into a starting lineup. You, as a coach, you start to worry about momentum. And, and um, uh, um, come on, think of the word. You got this. Chemistry. There we the chemistry, go. Chemistry. Good job, that, buddy. All right. Shut up. Leave me alone. So <laughs> the, the chemistry that the team has, but with uh, Dem Deme leaving. Uh, Tyler, I think, gets a starting role as a, as a defensive midfielder. I don't even think he goes back into the lineup as a as a right back. No, I, his, his how many times have we been over this? Right yeah. between us two, he is a defensive midfielder. He's not a right back. Yeah, he's a defensive midfielder. Well, we all, right. We also have to see where um, where he where fits Bear into this team implements him into into his. I roster. think it would be the stupidest thing to have him at right back. But that's I mean, just me. we Whatever. have so many options at right back. I can't see him being a, a starting he, right back. Well, that's my. Thing. He is not a starting right back. He is a defensive midfielder. But he does play the role very well. But he does well. play the role. Yes. No, he does. He, he does. He, is he the, plays everything well. He, <laughs> That's his thing. He plays everything well, which is why I love Tyler Adams. He is the American Lom. Oh, the Philip Lom. Philip Lom. I was like, where are you going with that? Yeah, he is the <laughs> Philip Lom. Did you mean Lam. to say lamb? No, lamb. <laughs> uh, all right, so, th- so that's the, nas- the men's national team. Let's take a look over to the women's national team mm-hmm. before we move on to the other topics of uh, the week. Hold up. No. Oh. Hold up. Hold up. Hold what? up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold what? Up. Before we move on, we have to discuss the conversation that uh, Klinsman had to ESPN reporter where he said that he would oh. take the national team. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let, 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 let's take a look at oh, exactly when, oh, what he oh, said. Oh, when he said that if he had the roster that they had now, that he would have taken it to the, to the yes. World Cup and get into Former, the... Former men's na- U.S. men's national team head coach and current Hertha Berlin current, coach. Current. Current. Hertha current. Berlin coach in the, Brun- in the Bundesliga told ESPN that he would, if had he had he still been coach, he would have taken the team to the quarterfinals, possibly the semis. I don't necessarily disagree. But not to the semis. That's just that's just blasphemous. You're talking out of your ass at that point. I think he probably would have gotten him to the next round. So, like, obviously, you get the group stages, then you get the round of 16, then the 8, the 4, and then the final. Okay. I think he probably would have gotten him to the round of 16, depending on the group that they were. The, the, the thing with that was the teams were a lot weaker in this World Cup than they, were, than they have ever been, which is why I see it that way, especially with the team that they had. Okay, they weren't finishing first. No, they weren't finishing second. They were no. I, I'm in terms of Concacaf qualifying. Oh, they they no, weren't they, finishing first over Mexico. No, they, they were weren't probably finished gonna, second over Costa Rica. No, they were probably finishing third. Third. Yeah. Had they finished third in place of Panama, they still would have gone. Uh, still gotten a direct. Let's just say in a hypothetical route. situation, had they finished third and ended up in a group with Belgium, England, and I think. Tunisia was the other group, the other team. Yeah, but you can't you can't go you can't go about it that way. It's all hypothetical. What do you mean I can't go about it that way? Y- the draw wouldn't have been the same. It you don't probably know that. I'm saying if they finish third and they finish in that group with a, a belt, well, you well, wanna, I, we're talking I, well, hypothetical. I, well, I'll tell you this. Belgium, I, I'll England. tell you this. I'll tell you this. They pr- they they would have beaten Tunisia. That's an easy one. Fine. They would have beaten Tunisia. Um, 
I think England probably the, the route that England had was a little weird. I th- England weren't as good as they seemed out to be, at least in my eyes. Okay. I think they probably could have gotten a result against England. I don't know about Belgium. Belgium probably not. Belgium was a, a, a steamroll in that in that World Cup up until a certain point. They probably I think they they could have gotten into second place. No way. I think they could have. No way. Look at their rosters and the players that they were bringing up at the time. They were still bringing they were still bringing up Jeff Cameron. They were still bringing up uh Omar Gonzalez. They were still bringing up even on their bench uh, Matt Beesler. They probably would have given him a chance to. At the t- at the time I think the- Matt Beasley gets disrespected a lot. I don't like that. I think Matt Beasley is a good player. They were still bringing up uh, DeMarcus Beasley. Nah, he, he there was still he probably he probably wouldn't have gone to the World Cup. Look, I don't, you you got to look at it this way: Ram Zuzi, Benny Faliber, Faliber, Phil Harbor, whatever his name is. They were bringing they were still bringing you in all look these at, old but guys. You got to look at it this way, Carlos. Like, all right, I I get it that you br- you're bringing up these guys, but who's to say later down the line they wouldn't have been they? Yeah, that was a team that got them through qualifying, but that's not the final team. True, that's but that's who got, they that's were bringing you, up at the time. Because I guarantee you, I guarantee you. Well, you can't guarantee me because it's hypothetical. But, but all right. I, I hypothetically guarantee you, Tyler Adams would have been on that team. Obviously, Christian Pulisic would have been on that team. Would he? Did he already have a call up at the time? He would. He got the call up just months later. Nothing would have changed. I don't know. He, he got the call up months months later. You got to remember, they're still playing friendlies after qualifying. Yeah. So, so you would have gotten to see these other players. You're still seeing those guys. It's not like you're not. You're still seeing those guys. So you could have, you could actually incorporate maybe four or five of the guys that are on this team now to the team from from then. I don't know. I I still don't think we had a strong enough roster to. Uh, and to you got to remember, John Brooks wasn't there. He wasn't. Who, who, who were Fabian Johnson was also there. Who, who, who were the, who were who were their their their, their guys back then? Fabian Johnson, uh, uh, Timothy Chandler. Yeah, like those guys wouldn't be on. Those guys were not going to be on that World Cup roster. There's no way in hell those guys were going to be on the World Cup roster. Are you kidding? No. Fabian Johnson was a staple. No, Fabian Johnson. Yes, time. but Timothy Chandler is not going to be Timothy on. Timothy Chandler Get the hell out of was here. even no. captain captaining for that's uh, uh, Frankfurt. Fight, that, that's Frankfurt. That's not the national team. I don't care. I don't care. You talk about players who are performing in their leagues, that are getting their yeah, names out. You They're have other, the top you players have in other players. You have other players that are performing in other leagues as well. It's who, not Tim Ream. No, I don't give a crap a t- about Tim Ream. Who, Omar Gonzalez. Who, where was he playing? Well, then? Um, Omar Gonzalez. Mexico. Pro- Omar Gonzalez probably would have gotten a call up as a as a bench role player. At least I would have thought. Who would have been, been the other starter with uh with with a healthy Brooks? Who would have been the other starter? You gotta look at the guy who actually had a really good year in the MLS that season. I'm sorry. <laughs> who was that? Who do you think it is? I'm sorry. <sighs> That's how you gotta look at it, man. You uh, can't I, just go based on the p- exact players that they had at that time. They were going to have at least 75 percent of those players, and probably bring in five players from the roster that they have now. There's no way in hell they were gonna go with the old man roster into the World Cup. No way. I, I think, but it's all I hypothetical at this right, point. Yeah. So. I, I think that I think they they definitely would have considered bringing all those old guys. Nah. I mean, I think Tim Howard probably would have stayed. Yeah, Tim yeah. Howard would have stayed. Brad Guzan would have stayed. Obviously, okay. Altador, Bradley, uh, John Brooks probably would have been. DeAndre Yedlin. I don't know if he was healthy at that time. I don't think he was. 
So you, I don't yeah, think you probably wouldn't have gone there down that route. Um, but yeah, you incorporated Poliskin into that team, a Tyler Adams into that team, and Aaron Long into that team. That's honestly, that's actually not a bad team. Jesse Zardes probably would have been called up too. That's actually not a terrible team. That's a team that can actually go think, out there and compete. Yeah, but I, I, I don't think in the World Cup stage, I don't think, I don't think we would have made it even out of group stages. Dude, stranger things have happened, man. Strange, I guess. Russia had a little bit of a run. Stranger things have happened. I guess. That's how you got to look at it. All right, let's move on. We spent enough time on that. Women's national team. A player, because they also have, I think, you know, they're, they're friendly. They're, they're going to have friendlies, too. They're coming off of the World Cup year. Um, Olympics are coming up as well for them, obviously. Mm-hmm. Soccer in the Summer Olympics. They're going to have their qualifying as well. Look at it this way. No Alex Morgan for the foreseeable future. Because yeah. she's, she's popping out a kid soon. Yeah. Congrats to her. Congrats to her. Obviously. Sure. But you still have Megan Rapino. You still have Mallory Pugh. You still have Lindsey Horan. Yeah. Allie, Kr- uh, Allie Krieger. Julie Ertz. Right? You still have a core of that team. Crystal Dunn. Who do you see as your breakout star for the 2020 season? I mean, not, not that she's already a, not that she's not already a star, but my favorite, one of my favorite players to to watch is a uh, Rose Lavelle. Yeah, I that, like Rose Lavelle. Rose Lavelle. If, if if it wasn't for Megan Rapinoe and Alex Morgan yeah. in, in the World Cup, Rose Lavelle pro- probably should have been a player of the of the tournament. She's candidate. so exciting to watch. I think I think her control in the ball is, is to uh, emulate. If you're a youth player, I think. You try to you try to get the ball out. Her performance in that final game was yeah. amazing. Yeah, she was a big part of the final. Yeah, being what it was. Yeah, that that's what I think. How about you? Uh, I think it's I think it's gonna be Juilliard. Juilliard. Yeah, I like Juilliard, man. Just the way that she commands that 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 third of the field. Yeah, uh, she she is. She, she, although she's not the captain, she is the, the de facto captain on that field. Yeah, I think obviously because you, you you rely too much, you rely a lot on Megan Rapinoe and Alex Morgan out on the field. Like those are those are your ladies to to to, to lean on. Yeah, but Julie Ertz is sort of like the the engine that keeps that team going. You get what I'm saying? Like she, like like she's that gangster out there. You get what I'm saying? Like she she is. However, she goes, the team goes. Yeah, in terms of. Excuse me. In terms of engine, that's what that's what I see from Julia. So I think she's probably going to be your, your your player of the year, your breakout player of the year. I mean, n- not to say she had a stellar, phenomenal 2019 year. Yeah. But I think 2020 is just just going to be just as good, maybe even better. All right. You think so? Yeah. I mean, uh, for for those for those of you that don't know, um, this year the Sky Blue FC will be coming to Red Bull Arena. Yeah. And U.S. Women's National Team. Uh, she, the, that She Believes Cup is actually going to be at Red Bull Arena again. Yeah. yeah. In March. Yeah. Actually, the week after the home opener of the Red Bulls. That it weekend? Like March 8th or something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you guys want to go check that out. Yeah. It's always nice to see the Women's National Team. The Women's National Team packs out anywhere they go, yeah. but they sell out Red Bull Arena. Like, like you, you can't even fit a hot dog in there. Like, literally packs out. Yeah, that's cool to see. I'm glad to see Sky Blue signing more players in the Red Bulls. Uh, <laughs> they have Mallory Pugh coming over. Yeah, so that's yeah, exciting. Yeah. I mean, that's a big time star. Yeah, that, it really is. I mean, they they already have Carly Lloyd who hasn't retired yet. She's probably she'll probably be back next year. 
Yeah, yeah, she will. So that team, that team is will be exciting to watch. Hopefully, they have a better season than they did last year. I uh, think they will. I, I, they brought in a new head coach. Yeah, I, I know that for sure. My, Mallory Pugh, Chris, uh, Carly Lloyd. You, you expect them to sort of, and, and now they actually have a home to play in. Yeah, I think that was a big thing about it too. They didn't. Their home was like a dumpster. Yeah. You know, like it was, it was far. It was, it was a far park. for anybody. Anybody in like it was the, literally the tri-state a area. It was to, literally a park to 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 attend their games. I think yeah, so, definitely so, having like a solid fan base will probably help their. And now they'll actually be in a real stadium with yeah. a real field with actually you know people able to come. You got the train right there, obviously yeah, Harrison, exactly. right? The the, the path, the parking lot, yeah, the park. and, it, it, stuff, it, yeah. and you know the fact that you know uh, we were talking about it too. They're probably at times going to be you know double headers where they'll have Sky Blue playing and then at night they'll have the Red Bulls or vice versa or whatever it is. You know you're going to have crowds coming in through that stadium yeah. just to watch these teams play, which is awesome. It, you can only hope that that they put on a great season. You know, get into the playoffs, actually play in the title game. Yeah, make it worth being at Red Bull Arena. I think fans should definitely take advantage of. Uh, like you said, having the train there and having um, basically access, access, access accessibility to attend these Dude, games. You, you, if we're going to do I this got correctly, stuck. man, I got you got to get this right, bro. I got stuck. All right, so we spoke about the national teams, women's and men's, right? We're going to skirt away from that. We're going to move on from that. We're actually going to go to now league talk, EPL, okay. Bundesliga, La Liga, Serie A, MLS, we're gonna get into the into this conversation now, right? Let's go. Let's start off with the EPL, all right? And you know, b- b- before we actually rec- you know, b- before we actually sat down and we actually did this thing, you know, like actually recording it on on the social media pages, which now you can plug in. What are the What are the at names? What where Where can we find the fifty fifty ball podcast pages? Uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram at fifty fifty ball five zero five zero ball pod p o d. So that's five zero five zero b a l l p o d. So what we did there, or what you did there, because you're the social media guru here. I don't want to say guru. <laughs> I appreciate that. I'm trying to get. I'm I trying appreciate to appreciate that. I'm trying to get you I don't, up. I don't know about the guru part. Uh, you put out, you know, questions. What would you like to hear talked about on the first show? Yeah. Right? And, and, you know, people were bringing up questions about all different types of leagues. Yeah. Uh, but the one that I did like was from our from a buddy of ours, mm-hmm. a really good friend of ours, Giovanni. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. He brought up a really, really good question. And, and, and in reality, <clears throat> excuse me, it's more of, what direction Manchester United is going to get going, right? Yeah, is, I, is, I know is, it's going to be tough for you to answer this question. Is, is Ole Gunnar Solskjaer the appropriate person to be in charge of this team? The transfers, where are they going to go down? You know, like, who's going to come in? Who's going to leave? Well, we already know who's leaving. Ashley Young is leaving. He's, he's the one guy leaving. Yeah. Um, who's going to be coming in? It's rumored Bruno Fernandes is going to come in. They're not going to get Eric Holland anymore. Yeah. Uh, they who else is going to come, right? That's the question. But to me, the biggest one of all is the first one that I brought up. Is Ole Gunnar Solskjaer the appropriate head coach to lead this team in the right, you know, moving forward? And honestly, I don't think so. Okay. I do not think he's the right guy. We have these conversations all the time with these dudes. Yeah. These dudes being, you know, the Man United guys that I'm really, really close with, Giovanni being one of them, you know, 
I'm not going to start name dropping, but you already know these guys. Every single week, it doesn't matter win or lose. It's always, is Ole the guy? Should Ole be at the wheel? Yeah. And three of us always say yes. And three of us always say no. And the other ones are all indecisive. I'm always one to say no. Why? Because he's been in charge of this team for about a year now. Mm-hmm. A little over a year. Okay. Everybody leans on the fact that he was the guy that was in charge of the team that actually came back against PSG in the Champions League in the Champions League last year. Yeah. Well, guess what? It's not the same team. It's not. This team was totally different. Like they had an injection of energy when when Mourinho got fired and Ole got appointed the interim coach. Like that's without a doubt. They went on this unbelievable run. I think they won like eleven or twelve or whatever it was. But then after that, after he got appointed. The, the 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 head coach moving forward, the manager, this team went down, way down, like down the hill. Like it was an uncontrollable ball that was rolling down the hill. You couldn't stop it. They couldn't win games. They yeah. couldn't hold results. I'm one of those people that's indecisive about, about Ole. And, 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 and I'm fine with that. I'm totally cool with that. For, for me, it, it's two things. It's are you spending the money in the right places? And can you can you hold him accountable when his team is not fully healthy? So what do I mean by that? You go and spend money on Harry Maguire to bring him over from Leicester City. Which he's been outstanding. Right. Outstanding. So was that money spent wisely? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. It was he, a lot of money, but... Okay. Yes. But well, the money was spent wisely. You brought in a player who's going to impact your starting 11. Aaron Wan-Bissaka. Money well spent, but he he was he he wasn't he was brought in before uh, Solskjaer, right? No, no. he was oh, brought in this oh, year. Okay, I did not know that. He was brought okay. in during the summer. Even better, even more, even better to support that part. Now you look at the injuries that Man United has taken. You have Pogba who hasn't played; he's sporadically pay, played, and then you have all the different uh, players that have come came and went for the team. You know, you lose Lukaku. Now who's going to be who's going to step up and be that uh, number nine? Have they been performing? Yes and no. You look at Rashford. You look at Martial. No, 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 no. Let's get it right. Let's get it right. Yeah, you brought up a good point. Lukaku's gone. Who's going to be your number nine? Rashford has really, really stepped up this year. This dude has 14 goals in, in the Premier League. Yeah, I, the guy has like, I, I I don't know how many consecutive games in a row, but I, I think they might have broken that streak. But the, the guy has 15, 16, 17 goals in all competitions, 18 goals. I mean, the guy's been outstanding so you can't you can't even say that they don't have an attacking option it, it's the people around them that need to perform better well yeah i was getting to that but what i was saying i was asking a question i was posing a question so i could answer it but you didn't give me an opportunity to answer it yeah, I don't so that's that. fine I, I i was just posing the question like do they do they have somebody who's going to step up and and be that number nine for them Fine, you can say that about Rashford. He has been performing. He has been and Martial scoring goals. Had a good year but too. Martial is their number nine. He's, he, a, he's, he's had a, he's he, had a good year. He's had a good year. Okay, so now l- let's look at let's look at how Manchester United plays. They play with three up top. You sh- yeah, well, yeah, sort who, of. Who? Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Well, Rashford plays on the wing. Yeah, and who's Dan- opposite? Daniel wing? James plays on the wing as well, okay. and then Martial is up. Up, he, he's your actual striker. Another person, Daniel James, has also has also been. He's performed well. Has been, te- but he he's has been taken well. back due to injuries. The same way, the same way that you can talk about Pogba not being on the field when he's on the field, that guy plays plays. He balls out. Yeah, he plays his ass off. 
But then, but then you let's, let's the look mid, at the central it, central you know, mid. Well, that that's where that's where it comes into play. That midfield is hot garbage. That midfield is hot. Well, garbage. you lose McTominay, you lose Pogba. Well, well you Scott, lose, well Scott, yeah, yeah. Who, yeah. who, who are you left to play? Yeah, Scotty too hotty. I mean, that that's a guy that he really is relied up uh, relied upon on, in that midfield, right? Especially with the absence of Pogba. He, yeah. he was a guy that you could really, really rely on. Fred has actually stepped in that role a little bit, and Fred has actually played really, really well. But you keep saying everybody plays well, well, well. Where are they on the table? Where Are, are they succeeding as a team? That That's where I'm getting at. Oh, my bad. My that's bad. that's where I was going. My bad. I jumped the gun. I jumped the you gun. Did. You but did. So did you. So you know no, what? No, I didn't. I'm not sorry. Get sorry, not you know, sorry. You know what? Get, get the hell out of here. That's where I was heading at Yeah. in terms of the coaching. Because all these players, right? We've named a few players that have actually played well. Rashford, Martial, Daniel James, Harry Maguire. Fred has stepped into the role of Scott, uh, of Scotty Mack, and Scotty Mack was actually a really good player up until the point he got hurt, mm-hmm. right? At that point, you can't really blame the players for that. You got to blame the coach who puts these players in the positions in which they need to play in, right? Maybe it's the coach's philosophy. The You got to look at the way United plays, man. The way United plays is they... They play the counterattack. They, they 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 don't they don't create plays out of the back. Sometimes, like if you look at games against lesser opponents, yeah, they'll put the ball down your throat, right? But in, in games against like Tottenham, Manchester City, uh, you got a game against Liverpool coming up. They against these big uh, Chelsea, they sit back a lot. They don't create plays. They don't create their ball movement. It's terrible. Their their passing in between the spaces is hot garbage. Yeah. So that's on the coach. That's not on the players. At that point, the coach is the one who puts you in these positions to succeed, and he's not doing that. Okay. I mean, they're still they're still fifth in the table. They still have a chance of finishing. In the oh, they're still they, yeah. They're still league. big time. They're not completely out. This is not over yet. Um, I mean. <laughs> I don't know. They have a chance I, I to think, jump over Chelsea. I think. I think changing. Uh, um, it's changing him right now is not the right changing time. Changing in coach, I don't think. Well, I, I think will have a negative impact on the team. Not um, right. You, you can't. I think you have too many injuries. Too many players not not available um, to be in your starting eleven. Well, you got to look at it this way: you have more players going out than coming in. Okay. And and, and who's really in charge of that? Ed Woodward. We all know he's a terrible, terrible director. Mm-hmm. It's also Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was somebody who was who who actually had Eric Holland in, in on his team in Norway. Yeah, and he wasn't even able to bring him in. So the lure the the lure of of Manchester United is not there no more. The aura is not there. So you need to bring in somebody who's going to establish reestablish that. Yeah, it's not just going to ha- happen overnight, and I understand that, but it's also not happening years and years down the line. Okay. You got to bring in somebody who 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 will change that. Okay, and, so and, and there's I, so Bruno Fernandez is linked to Manchester United. Is he somebody to change that? No. Is that what you were getting at? Yeah, but if you let me answer ask the question, if I know what you're gonna it, ask, I'm gonna answer it. Why right can't away. you just let me ask it first? Right, so fine. you don't think that he's a, he's the the caliber of a player to make a difference in that central midfield? It's it just it doesn't just take one player. But if you and, if and you I wasn't you and I wasn't top, e- you have the pieces. I wasn't even leading in that direction, but it, you, you're right. But it, it doesn't just take one player. Just like Pogba is not that one player who's going to change this team. Yeah, right. You get what I'm saying? Now he is out the door. Basically, he's leaving in the summer. He's not leaving right now. He's leaving in the summer. Okay. 
So now you got to see who you're going to bring in to replace that. Fine, but I, I think Bruno Fernandez is young enough and smart enough to be able to distribute the ball very well to any of those guys playing on the wing okay. or Martial. Okay, so l- let me bring it to you this way. Pogba was young enough and smart enough to distribute the ball to the guys that were playing up top. Mm-hmm. That didn't help anything. Yeah, but a play- okay, at, at coming into United, Bruno Fernandez was is and is and hasn't been the 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 level of player that Pogba was when he came back to United. Okay, so Pogba is looking at this opportunity as oh, this is my team. Bruno Fernandez is looking at this as opportunity to show that he can play with the big boys. Yeah. He can play in the big leagues and that and that's and fine. Be successful and that's fine. That's fine. But you got to look at it from the perspective of it's the coach who, tra- who who puts these guys through training, who puts these players in the position to succeed. Okay. He's the guy that comes up with the formations. He's the guy that tells the players who who's playing and who's not. All right, that's that's where I'm going. If if you can run out the same team for weeks and weeks and weeks, which is what United usually does, and they don't get the same performance week in and week out. One performance, they're terrible. One performance, they're they're beating the likes of Manchester City and Tottenham in back to back weeks. You know, it 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 doesn't happen all the time. Okay, that's what I'm getting at, and it sucks. So so, moving on from United, uh, yeah, we please. can tell how they passionate you are about headaches. it. Um, what does Arsenal need uh, to get back in the form? <laughs> uh, they need everything. <laughs> they yeah, need, def- they need mean, defenders. They need a new goalie. They need well. They have their attackers. They need better midfield. Uh, they need to get rid of David Luiz. Yeah, I, I please come we, to the MLS, please, David Luiz. No, please stay away from this damn. Stay away from here. No, I would we don't love need to have you here. here. We don't need crazy. you here. We don't need you crazy. here. I think, um, but uh, yeah, he's definitely not who, not not fit to be in the Premier League. Who, who's to say their head coach is even? The right person for the job. We, I mean, Mikel Arteta. We've only seen him for like two games, and yeah, he, they actually beat Manchester United, which is one of those other performances that leads you to scratch your head. Like, what are you doing out there? In terms of Manchester United, right? But so far, okay for Mikel Arteta. We'll see in which direction it goes. In maybe the injection of new blood in terms of coaching will help this team progress. He's using Ozil now, yeah, which is something Unai Emery wasn't really doing. So I, I think that they, we'll they both had they had their reasons. No, no, you know no, what no I mean? for sure, one hundred percent. Differing of philosophies. Burnt Leno, man, I don't know what's going on with that guy. Uh, yeah. I, I honestly, I was a big fan of him. I concur. I, I concur with this thing. What the hell's a, going on? As a Bundesliga fan, I, I thought he would have a better career at Arsenal than what he had when he was at Leverkusen. Um, Ar- you, you know what this sort of reminds me? Arsenal sort of like reminds me of like. The Knicks, right? In a sense, like whenever Oof. somebody comes to the Knicks, Oof. every Knicks fan is cringing yeah, right now. I'm a Knicks fan, right? That. I'm a Knicks fan. It, it, like anybody that comes in, it's it's sort of like they take a step back in their in their careers. Yeah, in a sense, you go understand. Like I'm trying to make that analogy okay. in a way. So uh, that's what people do at Arsenal. They come in, they sort of hype it up, mm. and they kind of st- take a step back. Obama Yang's not one of those guys. Obama Yang, no matter what he does, he plays and he scores. Yeah. So you can't blame it on him. He's not. He's not a guy. Lacazette is another one that comes in and he plays his game. 
It was also under, underutilized in the previous. 100% uh, because Obama, Yang, and Lacazette yeah. play the same position. So it's kind of like, it's weird. Yeah. So you got to you gotta find a way to have both of them on the field at the same time. But that it's, takes away from each it's other. It's tough. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough, especially when he came to the team expecting to be their number nine. Um, and then you for, bring for in For those of you that don't know, Obama, Yang actually came from Dortmund. And yeah, yeah, here we go. No, what what I'm getting at is he he played he played winger for us for a long time. Like he was, he's definitely can play that right mid, right wing, a left wing, left mid position. He can definitely get the ball um, into the into the the box for um, Lacazette. I, that's where I think he'd be perfect on an Arsenal team. However, I do understand why he wouldn't want to, simply because he came into the team expecting to be their number nine. Um, I think with Ozil back into the starting lineup, uh, I think that opens that creates a little bit more space for the two to run freely. Um, I think Pepe, 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 um, Pepe. I think he's he's uh, achieved. What a by Pepe. I, I think he's achieved what he set out to do for Arsenal so far. This guy, this kid, has a long career ahead of him, and I say kid lightly because I'm just a little over, a little older than him. You know what's um, scary? What the fact that all these. All these cats playing now, like 21, 22, yeah. 23. And we're here, 26-year-old going on 27, beer bellies. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't even like thinking I just about killed it. a hero outside LA with an Arizona <laughs> and a bag of chips. Now like. no, I don't want to talk anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Arsenal will need a lot. Yeah. Arsenal will need a lot. They, Let's they just put do. it that way. They do. Everybody's underperformed just from, from like central midfield back. Yep. Um, everybody's definitely underperformed. They put themselves in situations where they can't get out of. Um, when you go, when you go, when you let up two goals early in the game, it's tough to get back. Even even a goal is going to shift the momentum of the game. Um, I, I think their defense could do a better job of clearing the ball out. Um, they're, they're not able to keep up on a counterattack. Bern Leno definitely hasn't hasn't been the goalkeeper he was um, while he was at Leverkusen. Uh, there's so many problems. I don't know who could fix them, honestly. I, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head um, that can uh, go into an Arsenal system and fix them with the players that they currently have for the the back line and the, the goalkeeper situation. Uh, your good buddy, uh, AJ, I don't want to say my good buddy because he's a City fan, brought up the, the, the questions about the coaches. Does the career of these of these coaches, should that be a reason as to why they're being head coach, selected as head coaches now? Would you agree with that? Like sort of like Henri, who's a coach now, right? He coached at Monaco. He's now in Montreal. Frank Lampard, uh, uh, John Terry, you know, Pep Guardiola. So so I think I think what he wanted to know was because a player has a successful career, does that translate into them into becoming a, a, a yeah, good exactly, coach? Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I would agree to disagree. I have my pros and cons. I don't always agree with that. Ultimately, I I don't think so. I don't think that just because you're a successful player, it makes you a good coach necessarily. Because, like you said, Thierry Henry is a perfect example. He took over Monaco. Well, that team, anybody that took over that team sort of lit uh, an extra fire under the dumpster. Like, it just hasn't gone well. But I see what you're getting at. Okay, fine, fine. But it's not like they didn't have any piece to work with. Monaco was still a Champions League team. They were still yeah, like in the, two years. No, I, I get what you were still. They're but, still a team that had players to work but, but with. You got. But you got to look at it this way. From my from my from my perspective and my understanding of it, that team grooms players to sell them to get money in. So most of the players the developmental that, team, yeah. yeah. So most of the players that they actually had from that Champions League team are all gone by now. 
Yeah, look at Yuri Tillmans. He's performing well at Leicester City. Kylian Mbappe was on that team. He's gone. Okay. James Rodriguez was on that but team. He's Mbappe gone. wasn't on the team when Thierry Henry took it over. No, but no, but that's what I'm getting. Like what, what I'm getting at is because you brought up the Champions League team, they were how, how they were a Champions League. That that team that went to the Champions League was different players and a different head coach. Those people are gone now. Thierry Henry took over a team that was in 14th place. He was trying to get them upwards. Yeah. And that didn't work either. The players around him weren't helping him. Okay. All right. So, so he was so he, he was put into he was put in a position to fail with okay. that team. Okay. At but, least in, but in, in, my, in my in my perspective, Thierry Henry could have an impact on any player. It's just his style might not fit what was not the best fit for Monaco. But then you also have to look at, and AJ, when we discussed this, he brought this up to me. Um, you want to take a look at a team like, like Barcelona and when Guardiola took over that team. How many pieces did he really fit into that team? Not too many. He he came into a win-win situation. Yeah. Okay? You look at Zinedine Zidane, who took over for Real Madrid. He was put into a win-win How many pieces position. did he need to... You look at all these teams, but then you look but then you look at somebody like Klopp, who was a professional player, took, a te- took over a team like Dortmund, who was borderline going to be non-existent, mm-hmm. and made it what it was during his tenure there. Why is he so loved over there? Because he took a team that he took a team from the garbage, right, to the top, right. Because after 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 Dortmund won the, won the league back in 2012, 13, whenever it was, he when he took over that team, he, they they were they were going through a rebuilding process, and he proved that he can take a team and he can rebuild. L- look at some of the pieces he's put into Liverpool. Yeah. Okay, so then there's two types of coaches. There are coaches that are put into situations where they're going to be successful because the team already has the pieces needed. But then there's also coaches that have the the right mentality to get the right players to put the the tactics in to to be successful as a coach. So this is what I'm going to say to counter that. Right, you have a coach like Jurgen Klopp. The one thing that he had was time and patience yeah. to actually get the team to where they got to now. Okay. Right, with the players that they had, they gave them the time. They gave them the keys to the to the car, to the ship, to help that team progress, okay. to get them out of that bottom feeding scenario that they were at. Mm-hmm. So, some coaches don't get that opportunity, like a Thierry Henry was only given like four or five months. Yeah, he was gone. They didn't give him the opportunity to get that team up. They gave him the team that he had and said, "Okay, this is what you have." Make it work, and we'll see you later. They didn't give him the opportunity to 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 get through a transfer window. Okay. They didn't give him the opportunity to bring in the pieces that he wanted to make that work, okay. which is the difference between there, between Jurgen Klopp and Thierry Henry. Now Pep Guardiola, Zinedine Zidane, Jose Mourinho, uh, just to name a few, right? They were given keys to a luxurious car. Well. Mourinho not so much because he did it with Porto. He did it yeah. with different teams. Yeah. But Zinedine Zidane, Pep Guardiola, were given keys to luxurious cars and said, okay, these are the pieces that you have. Now just make it work and we'll be fine. Okay. So, you get know what I'm saying? So like, it, like you said, you don't agree, but you also don't disagree. It's like it's, you're, you have to be somewhere in the middle with that conversation because yeah. every coach is different. Not everybody's going to bring out the best in you, but – not not always is everybody going to bring in the best players to help you grow with what you need to do. Right. And and so just looking just looking at somebody like Thierry Henry, now now you, 
he start he's taking over a Montreal Montreal Impact. Um, I, I think we give him the season to see what he does with them. We see who he brings in. Nah, not just one season. I think you give him more than that. Well, no, I'm I, saying, I'm like, saying well, we, we can have this discussion yes, yes. about Thierry Henry after a full season Later of on, coaching. Yes, 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 right? Yes. That's fine, fine. Yes. We, he didn't have enough time to do what he needed to do. Now, if I'm going to take a stance, I think yes. I think if you have a successful career as a player, I think you can I think you can translate that into, into becoming a, a manager for a club. Why do I say that? Okay. I brought up the example of Guardiola going to Barcelona, but now look at what he's done with Manchester City. Fine. You can say he was given a Lamborghini. But if you can't drive stick, it means nothing that you you have that Lamborghini. Oh, no, for sure. For sure. So the guy beautifully maneuvered that Lamborghini, and he's made it last throughout the entire ride. Why do I say that? Look at all the different players he's brought in. And yeah, fine. They had a big influx of cash because of uh, the change of ownership and uh, all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And 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 he he was basically given the freedom to bring in whoever felt was going to be fit for the team. Now, you look you who who right now is the best player in the Premier League? Well, arguably the best player in the Premier League right now, Kevin De Bruyne. He was brought over, and it's not that he was bad on Wolfsburg. He was great at Wolfsburg but, but Pep put him over that threshold yeah and 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 you you look at his precise passes he puts it through four or five players and, and it, it you look at all the other players he's brought in who who hasn't worked out but can has the potential to be Mendy right hmm. you look at a guy like Walker oh, he's always hurt too Walker's yeah. Walker's balled out with City yeah you know you look at a guy Otamendi who when he came into the team everybody was like Otamendi Wild to Mendy. And, and granted, now, right now, in, in current day, he hasn't been as successful as he was in previous years. He's been getting beat. You have Fernandinho, who has been phenomenal with that team, but you know now is playing center back. So I think in a long term of things, I think, yes. Excuse me. If you have a successful career as a player, it can translate into you being a coach. You know, you brought up players that they brought over. Look at Liverpool. Right, they they brought in somebody who was a sort of a throwaway from another Premier League team. In, in Chelsea. No, 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 uh, Mo Salah. Oh, he yeah, was yeah. at Chelsea. They threw him away, gave him a, to Roma. So was the Bruyne. Uh, uh, and the look Bro- where he's ended up now. Chelsea product. Uh, you get what I'm saying, though. Like, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I, I t- thought t- you were t- talking about Wijnaldum because if you want to oh, talk about throwaway, Wijnald- Wijnald- Wijnaldum is totally. He's a different when he, breed. When dude. he was on Newcastle, yeah, he was good. But not everybody turned around to say, who is that guy? Klopp saw something in him that most people didn't, and the guys came through for them. So I, I, I understand where you're coming from. I just brought up Dortmund because he's did it once before. Now he's, he's doing, doing it, it again. Now he's doing it again with There Liverpool. are just some coaches who are able to do that. Yeah. Not everybody can, yeah. which is why coaching is so difficult. Yeah. No matter where you are, whether you're at – the bottom of the championship, or you're at the Premier League, or at Serie A, Ligue 1, whatever. Yeah. No matter where you are, coaching is difficult. Yeah. Depending on who you are, depending on the style of play that you have, the philosophy that you have, not everything is going to work. Okay. So that's that's one. Look at Ernesto Valverde from Barcelona, right? As we, we transition over, Barcelona just fired their head coach, and Ernesto Valverde. He's no longer the coach there. Yeah. Why? Because he couldn't get the results that they needed. But they're in first. They're in first place. But they had too many bad results 
that that sort of yeah. went over that. I, they I, had the, the the blown leads, the 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 Supercopa. But the Super like no, to but, my understanding, no, but you got, they uh, didn't care too much about the Supercopa. But everything's based on results, and if you have more, if you have, if you can total the wins, but if you have bad losses on top of that, it's gonna look bad. Okay, you, you haven't been to a Champions League final. The only thing you've really won is La Liga. And but they still have an opportunity to to be successful in the Champions yeah, League. Yeah, but still have a, yeah, but it's been two three years of this where they haven't gone anywhere, where they've had the opportunity, but they blew a lead to Roma, they blew a lead to Liverpool, so it's it, it's it's not working for them. So you got to go in another direction. But was he was he at the helm when all this happened? Yeah, he he was the head coach when Roma when they lost to yeah. Roma. And he was the head coach when they lost to Liverpool. So you don't. So you you being Barcelona's front office, you don't you don't even want to take a risk with this guy, even though you're in first. No, at at this point, you've had too many bad losses under him. You've okay. had way too many bad losses. I, I would imagine that conversation being a little awkward. Hey, you're doing a great job. We know you're in first place. Uh, here's your pink slip. You could. I'm not. Listen, I'm not a fan of the team. I'm just looking at it from an outsider's perspective. But I can get you three, four, five people who would agree with me. I'm not saying that you're what, what you're saying is wrong, because obviously you're in first place. You 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 have had, you know, a good run in La Liga, but that doesn't matter to them. What matters to them is the Champions League, and they have blown more leads in the Champions League than anybody in recent yeah in, in recent in recent years. Yeah. So that's not going to fly with them. That's not not going to fly with them whatsoever. That's our. La Liga talk there. Okay. Um, we're we're going to be closing out the show soon. The podcast. I say show a lot. We're going to be closing this out soon. Um, let's move on over to, 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 to some transfer rumors a little bit. Um, we have players coming in. We have players coming out. We have players just signing. Um, uh, just a few of them to, 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 name, to name some. Ashley Young heading over to Inter. Yeah. That looks like it's a pretty much a done deal at this point. Yeah. Terms of agree, I, I believe are agreed on. Christian Eriksen from Tottenham, he's heading over Inter, to Inter. Also, uh, yeah. also as they seem to be uh, uh, evolving into a, pr- a new Premier League team because they already have Romelu Lukaku, they have Alexis Sanchez. Now they're going to have uh, uh, Ashley Young and Christian Eriksen. Um, so the, that, that's just a few. Bruno Fernandez. It looks like terms are already agreed upon in terms of him coming over from Sporting over to Manchester United. Yeah. Uh, I believe I believe they just want him to play one more game in Portugal, and yeah, then I saw that. And yeah. then the transfer is going to be made official, and him head over to Old Trafford. Can't, can't forget about BVB's big signing this. Uh, uh, this yes, uh, Mr. Window. Holland, uh, a, a great signing coming over from Red Bull Salzburg. Yeah, uh, a tremendous signing. Now I just think that uh, BVB uh, or Dortmund, Borussia Dortmund, if you guys don't know the acronym BVB, I think just has a a overabundance of players at this point. So well, gonna, we offloaded uh, Julian Weigel to uh, Benfica. Yeah, but, yeah, that's one player. You got, you got to find the right spot for him. But he's a striker. He, I, he, I get he, it. He would be he would be our number nine because as as creative and impressive Paco has been when he is on the field and can play a full ninety minutes. That's just the issue. He hasn't been available to play full full games full ninety due to injuries. So you want to have a, a young person, young, healthy, uh, smart player. For those of you that have never seen him play, I suggest that you go on any and any video streaming service you want and just look up his highlights against Liverpool when he was when he was on Red Bull Salzburg, and and Who, you, Holland? 
Yeah, uh, and, kids, and you'll see what I'm amazing. talking about. The kid, the kid can put the ball in the back of the net. Um, you know why? Because he creates his own space. He's able to move around the defense. And that's what and, we've been and, missing. And that's, that, and that's, that's, and that's, that's what Dortmund has been lacking. If you look at our starting lineup over, across the past, like, let's say, three months, who started up top as a nine? Royce? Gotze? You know, like, those aren't number nines. Those are the guys that are supposed to be creating the, the, the opportunities, not putting it in the back of the net. Even though, you know, they, they've done their part, they've tried their best, and it, it just hasn't worked for them. We'll have Axel Witzel back soon. and I think you know, he's big. I think, he's, I, I think, I think having he's him back will definitely help the team. For uh, sure. Um, I think Dahoud uh, has been stepping up recently. Uh, but just not too much to go off topic. I, I think having Holland as an option, as a number nine, uh, will... will Will only make us better, and I say us because I am a Dortmund fan. For you see any other moves happening with Dortmund? You think that's it? They're st- they're staying packed. The uh, for the tr- for the January transfer yeah, yeah. Uh, window, I think that's it. I think they I, made their big signing. They made their big signing. Okay. Uh, it is actually it wasn't that expensive. They only had a twenty twenty four million dollar. That's why everybody was. That's why everybody, in, in terms of power, in terms of the European soccer, were after this kid. Yeah. Um. Liverpool also brought in a player from Red Bull Salzburg. Uh, I've, let me get his name correctly because I don't want to mess it up. Yeah, the Asian? The the Japanese player. The ja- uh, Japanese national player. I wasn't player. sure where he was from exactly, yes, so I didn't yeah. want to assume. But, they, yeah, they brought him over, which is... So with Takumi, all the Takumi, I believe his name is. To, to, all right. So with all you brought up, you brought up all these signings for Inter Milan. Um, with all these signings coming in, you think... Uh, Takumi... Minamino played for Salzburg, and that's where that that's where actually Klopp fell in love with this kid. Yeah, and he said, "I need this kid on my team." Yeah, and they brought him over like that right away. The kid's got lungs for days. Takumi Minamino, run, yeah, run. Watch, watch. They call him Taku. Watch the highlights from those games, from the two games because they they played uh, home and away uh, against uh, Liverpool. Watch Red Bull Salzburg against Liverpool and Champions Jesse Marsh just had year. that team different, man. Yeah, Jesse he Marsh really was did. phenomenal there. He really did. Um, and 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 Jurgen Klopp credited the hell out of Jesse Marsh yeah. after that after that that that. Oh, game. they shared a beautiful hug at the end yes, of the they game, did. and it I love it. Brought, it brought so much warmth to my heart to see this guy succeed succeed out there. Yeah, but you were gonna say something real quick. Um, with uh with all these with all these transfers potentially coming into Inter Milan, uh, in terms of like the midfield and the attacking, you think uh, Martinez gets sold? With so much interest from uh, uh, Premier League, La Liga, the attacking player, Lutaro, right? Lutaro, uh, yeah, 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 the, the yeah, the striker, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, does he get sold? I don't know, because you're not bringing any attackers. But he's, he's he's had a lot of interest from. Well, I mean, if the money's there, he's gonna go. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I I, I honestly I honestly think he gets he gets sold this transfer window, and if he doesn't, I don't see him sticking around past this summer. No, if he if he plays the way he continues to play, if, the way he plays yeah. now, he's not staying he, there that long. He, he put he's on gonna, a show against Dortmund. In the he's going to run out of room. Yeah, you know, so that, that that's what's happening there. Um, so it is it is the middle of January. MLS isn't beginning just yet. But teams are starting to get into training camp and whatnot. So once the MLS really gets going, the yeah, training we'll camp get into gets that going, as it gets closer to e- the, exactly. The start of we the... have some uh, things that are going to be happening 
Um, projects in the works. Yeah, uh, definitely I, look out for those. Uh, fo- definitely follow our social media pages. We'll definitely be uh, posting stuff about it. Yeah, for sure. And and like you know, th- th- this is our first real drive of the car here. So you know, have patience with us. You know, we're, we're together as a tandem. We're going to continue to grow. Uh, we're we're two sort of different personalities, so we're just kind of trying to get it all together here to make it work. So that way, it becomes an enjoyable listen for you guys, because that's the most important thing. If you guys enjoy it, then we're doing our jobs here. Yeah. Then we're doing what we need to do. And we definitely want to hear from you. Uh, no, definitely give us questions uh, using hashtag Ask5050 on Twitter. Um, you can go to our uh, Facebook page and ask us questions there. Quote, unquote, not a guru. This guy's coming up with hashtags to ask questions. He's got yeah, well, the we social hear media from you. pages this, this, rolling. This isn't just us going on rants about different topics. I mean, this is stuff that we're hearing from from the soccer community and yes, we do call it soccer because we are, we are, we do speak English, and uh, out here we do say soccer. So don't make fun of us. I mean, we could call it football. Uh, it, funny story: when I went to Germany, I actually got made fun of on a train for because you called soccer. it soccer. Yeah, Man, you're an ass. Everybody, everybody just kept go, laughing every time I said soccer. You don't go out to Europe and call it soccer. What are you, naive? Uh, I was. I had, what a jackass! <laughs> you don't say things like that. Oh well. But anyways, be sure <laughs> to reach out to us. Uh, you can you can send us an email at 5050ballpod at gmail.com. Uh, follow us on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, all your social media, 5050ballpod, 5050-B-A-L-L-P-O-D. Make sure you ask us questions, give us comments, concerns. Um, wherever you're listening to this, we would appreciate if you can give us a, a nice review, five stars if you're listening on uh, App- Apple Podcasts. Um, and, yeah, we look forward to... Uh, being here and discussing whatever you guys want to hear. You know, well, well, obviously we're going to start off with this weekly. We're going to try to be as as precise as we can. Uh, you know, with release with the releases of, of of the weekly episodes, we promise that it's just you know we're we're working people. You know, we you know we work different schedules. You know, my schedule is all over the place. His schedule is all over the place. So we'll try our best to get it out there. I like how I get blamed for this. No, this, no, this was this one was me. This one was me, and I <laughs> I take I took full blame for that one. But I needed to do what I needed to do. But, My schedule is not that crazy. Whatever. Our first official episode of the fifty fifty ball podcast is in the books. Your thoughts on it so far? You had you had fun. I had fun. Yeah, of course. Awesome. So it's always fun to talk about this sport. It's always it's always a uh, very personal to to me. That we engage in something like this in these type of conversations and, and spread the word. And just to show you how much this guy loves the sport, he's wearing a Juventus jersey. I am. I am. Good for him. That's it for us. I'm Renee Canales. And I'm Carlos Cortez. Thanks for listening to the 5050 Ball Podcast. We'll see you guys next time. Take care. Or next week. Whatever. <laughs>